Traffic Secrets, the underground playbook for filling your websites and funnels with your dream customers by Russell Brunson. Hey, my name is Russell Brunson, and I'm the author of Traffic Secrets, and today I'm going to read to you from the studio. However, before we get started, I want to make a quick informal introduction. I spent the past 15 years mastering the art and the science of getting the right people to come to my websites and my funnels with their credit card in hand. After learning how to do it for my own companies, I created simple frameworks to help entrepreneurs that I have the privilege of serving to get more traffic into their funnels. This book is a compilation of all of these frameworks. I'm a very visual learner, and so for each of these frameworks, I've actually sketched out doodles and put them inside the physical book, as well as screenshot examples and other charts and graphs to help make these concepts simpler to understand. You'll get a lot out of the audiobook even if you don't see the sketches, charts, and graphs, but you'll get even more if you do have them. Because of that, I do recommend reading along with the physical book as you listen to the audiobook. We've also put together a special PDF with all the sketches and examples for our audiobook listeners that you can download for free at trafficsecrets.com slash audiopdf. Thanks again for grabbing the audiobook, and I can't wait to help you get more traffic into your funnels. This book is dedicated to the entrepreneurs who I've been called to serve, my funnel hackers. You've made it possible for me to do a work that interests me and that I feel is meaningful and worthwhile. This final book in the Seekers Trilogy was created to help you find more of the people who are waiting to hear your message. If this book helps you reach even just one more person and change their life with your God-given gifts, then this work will have been a success. Forward by Dean Graciosi. $25,000. Did I hear thirty? The voice of the auctioneer was fast and the suspense built as the bidding got higher and higher. Yes, I said, $30,000 from the black-haired gentleman in the front. Forty, a voice behind me said. $45,000 from the man in the back. Forty-five, I said. $45,000. I couldn't see who was bidding against me, but when the auctioneer finally arrived at $50,000, I decided to stop bidding. To my surprise, so did the person behind me. The auctioneer yelled out, Number 27, you win the bid. I was number 27. I won. I was bidding to name a commercial Virgin Atlantic plane. Yes, I know that may sound pretentious, but it was for a great cause. About 12 years before writing this, I was at one of Richard Branson's charity events. I had met Richard several years earlier when a friend and I raised a lot of money for his charity, Virgin Unite. At this charity event, I decided to go all in. Richard was paying all the bills for the charity, and 100% of the money we donated was going to help those who needed it most. Well, the gentleman three tables behind me had come to the same conclusion, which is why it was going to cost me $50,000 to name a plane. After I won the bid, Richard stood up and proclaimed, Why fight over it, boys? I'll give it to both of you for $50,000. It's all going to charity. The person who walked up on stage with me and who was bidding against me was a young man who looked 10 years younger than he actually was. His name was Russell Brunson. It was the first time I actually met him in person. What a charming guy he was. I didn't really get to know Russell until a few years later, but when I did, I realized that he was one of the most humble, smart, ambitious, energetic, and authentic human beings I'd ever met. What most impressed me was how he talked about helping entrepreneurs to grow fast. He talked about them as if they were his children and with an authentic excitement. That's very rare in our world today. Russell's focus was never on how much money he was going to make or how big his business was going to be. He always looked through the lens of how to help people go faster. He took that energy and passion and co-founded a company called ClickFunnels, which has revolutionized the way people use the internet to turn their ideas into sellable products and services. Russell has truly given people a faster way to make an impact and profit from their ideas. Russell's passion drove ClickFunnels to become one of the fastest growing software as a service SaaS companies of all time, creating massive impact on tens of thousands of lives around the world. The overwhelming success people have gotten from using Russell's software and training is unprecedented, but that's not the only reason you need to read this book. 
The global economy and how we consume products and information has already changed drastically and will continue to evolve. Those who don't have the necessary skills and capabilities to sell their products and services, to market their brick-and-mortar companies, or to create funnels that bring customers to their door will be left behind. I'm not saying that to scare you, but understand I'm not just taking a wild guess. I see it coming, and I have the same passion Russell does. I've been blessed to be in the self-education industry for over 22 years. I'm a multiple New York Times bestselling author, and I've been able to start 13 companies that have generated over a billion dollars in sales. These opportunities have positioned me at the edge of this world, and I can see the change coming. Is there any worse feeling than being left behind? Russell Brunson's passion for helping you avoid that feeling is why he wrote this book, and my shared passion is why I wrote this forward. This book reveals the most cutting-edge way to drive eyeballs to your product or service to help people find you. There's a classic movie with Kevin Costner called Filled of Dreams. It's about building a baseball stadium in the middle of nowhere. The movie is great, but it sends a bad message that people will come simply by something being built. Unfortunately, too many people in business have taken the concept literally and have decided to run their businesses that way. They think if they build the best product or service, invent the best widget, create the best mastermind, or write the best book, the world would just find it. They think that as long as they have built the best product or service, people will just show up to buy it. The reality is they won't just come. Unless people know that you exist and you give them a compelling reason to come find you, they aren't coming. Without good marketing, your ideas will be just that, good ideas. Imagine looking back when you're 80 years old and feeling like you're just dabbling with 20 great ideas but never really made the impact you desired. It doesn't have to be that way. Russell's expertise is massive and he uses all of it in this book to expose the new way to drive the right people to your product, service, idea, company, mastermind, or book. He's giving you secrets that no one has revealed in this way before, and he does it in a simplistic manner that makes his lessons easy to absorb and understand. He reveals exactly how to drive traffic to your business, your product, or website. This is one of those books that, if consumed and applied properly, could be the game changer for your life. By the time you're done reading this book, you will understand so much more clearly why certain online companies are thriving and why others are struggling. You will understand why the businesses you started in the past didn't get the results you had hoped for. You might also realize that the reason why you're already doing so well and learn how you can do even better. The world has changed, and for those who don't know how to pivot, a life struggle may lie ahead. Or, less dramatic but equally sad, yours could be a life, a purpose, unrealized. A life in which you don't tap into the next level and you never reach your full potential. In this powerful book, Russell Brunson opens his heart and shares the tactics and strategies necessary to make sure that you reach your full potential. Hold on tight and discover what it's like to profit, make an impact, and create a company with momentum that thrives in today's world. Preface. You bring the fire, I'll give you the framework. On September 23, 2014, Todd Dickerson, Dylan Jones, and I launched a new software company that we naively believed would change the world. The goal was to create a product that would free all entrepreneurs and give them the ability to get their messages out to the market faster and easier than ever before so they could change the lives of the customers that they were called to serve. The company we launched was called ClickFunnels. A few short months after we launched ClickFunnels, I released a book that I had been working on for almost a decade. I was a first-time author, and because my book was about sales funnels, something that was extremely exciting to me, but pretty boring to most others, I was nervous about how people would respond to it. That book was called Dotcom Secrets, and little did I know that that book would become the playbook for how people build sales funnels online, and was the key to the initial growth of our company. When people understood how they could use funnels to grow their companies, well, they started to use funnels to grow their companies. A few of the core concepts that I first revealed in Dotcom Secrets were the secret of the value ladder and how you can use it to provide more value to your customers and make more money from every customer in the process. How to attract your dream customers that you want to work with and repel the types of customers that you don't want to work with so you only spend time serving the people that you enjoy being around. 
the exact funnels and sales scripts you can use to convert website and funnel visitors into customers and move them through your value ladder so you can serve them at your highest level, and a whole bunch more. As Garrett J. White told me after reading the book and applying it to his company, I already had the fire, but you gave me the framework I needed to grow. Over the next two years, that book became the underground playbook used by over 100,000 marketers to build their sales funnels online. But as ClickFunnels grew, I started to see a big division between those who were making money with their funnels and those who made funnels but weren't making any money. People had mastered the funnel structures and frameworks because of dot-com secrets, and they could quickly build those funnels inside of ClickFunnels, but some people weren't making any money because they lacked the basic understanding of how to convert their funnel visitors into customers. They didn't understand the fundamentals of persuasion, storytelling, building a tribe, becoming a leader, and communicating with the people who entered into their funnels. And so I began my second book with the goal of helping readers to learn and master the persuasion secrets that are necessary to convert people at each stage of their funnel. While dot-com secrets was the science of funnel building, expert secrets became the art behind successful funnels, helping people to move through your funnels and become your dream customers. That brings us to this book, the third and final volume in the trilogy, Traffic Secrets. Traffic is the fuel for every successful business. It is the people who are coming into your funnels. The more people you can get in front of, the bigger impact you and your company can have, which in turn usually creates more money for your company. As we watch members of ClickFunnels growing their companies with funnels, using the structure from dot-com secrets and the persuasion skills they learned from expert secrets, many people were still struggling because they didn't know how to get consistent traffic or people into their funnels. On the flip side, those who were getting traffic from Facebook or Google were nervous that if either of those sources dried up, they could lose their companies overnight. Traffic Secrets approaches traffic from a completely different direction than anyone has ever discussed before, less from the tactical fly-by-night operations and more from the strategic long-term model that will ensure a consistent flow of people into your funnels. The strategies inside this book are evergreen and will never change as long as there are humans on this planet to sell to. Each book in The Secrets Trilogy is written as a standalone playbook, but mastering the skills from all three books is essential for your long-term growth of your company. Because of that, each book refers to and ties in important concepts from the others. If you're interested in the most up-to-date information, I invite you to go to marketingsecrets.com to listen in on my podcast, Marketing Secrets. It's published twice a week and covers everything we're learning and discovering in real time. I share new secrets every week for free that build upon the evergreen topics and frameworks that you're mastering in these books. I hope that you can use this trilogy of books to change the lives of the customers you've been called to serve. Everything written in these three books is evergreen and focuses on concepts that have worked yesterday, are working today, and will continue to work tomorrow and forever. Introduction. There's a storm coming. April 27, 2018 was the day that my kids and I looked forward to for a long time. It was the opening night of the movie Avengers Infinity War. I've been a superhero fan ever since the first Iron Man movie came out, but not long enough to know the entire history from the original comic books, so everything that was happening in the movies was a huge surprise to me. This was the 19th movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and all of the prior movies had culminated into this epic standoff between Thanos and the Avengers. In the movie, you see Thanos as the ultimate bad guy, but he actually thinks he's doing good. He's concerned that the universe is overpopulated, and he believes that it's his mission to save it. His goal is to gather all the Infinity Stones, put them into his gauntlet like a big glove, and then when he snaps his fingers, restore balance to the universe by killing half of the population. The movie ended, spoiler alert, with a huge cliffhanger after Thanos collected all the Infinity Stones and snapped his fingers. In an instant, half of the people in the universe disappeared. The next day after watching the movie, I was talking to my friend and fellow online marketer, Peng Jun, about the movie, and he said something that sparked an idea. That idea later became an event and since has resulted in me writing this book. 
Talking about the founder of Facebook, Peng Jun said, do you ever feel that Mark Zuckerberg is like Thanos and his whole goal is to wipe out half of the entrepreneurs who are advertising on Facebook? He could literally snap his fingers and half the online entrepreneurs would lose their businesses overnight. That statement quickly got my mind racing back to 2003, the year I bought my very first Google ad. I had just purchased a book from Chris Carpenter called Google Cash. It showed me how easy it was to set up Google ads and drive them to any website you wanted. It was simple arbitrage. I would spend 25 cents to get someone to click on my ad, and they would go to my website, and I would hopefully make 2 to $3 in sales for each click I received. At first, it seemed too good to be true, but I decided to set up my first ad in Google selling a DVD on how to make potato guns. When someone would search for potato guns or spud guns in Google, my ad would show up. If they click on my ad, charging me 25 cents, they would end up on my website, howtomakeapotatogun.com. A percentage of the people who landed on this page would then buy the DVD, and I became an instant dot-com thousandaire. I wasn't quite a millionaire yet, but if everything kept working the way it was in those early days, I would have been in just a few short months. But then it happened. People called it the Google slap, but for me it looked like it was the end of my online career. My cost went from $0.25 a click to $3 per click or more. Instantly, half of the online entrepreneurs who were buying ads on Google, including myself, lost their businesses overnight. Most of the people I knew at the time who were making a killing on Google never recovered from the first Google slap. Most of us were confused about why Google would charge 10 times the price of our ads overnight. Soon, though, after the dust settled, it started to make sense. Google only wanted the big brands, the companies who could spend millions of dollars a month in ads, not the small guys like me who were just spending a few thousand dollars a month. The small entrepreneurs like myself only made up a tiny percentage of their overall revenue, and we were likely the ones who caused 90% or more of their headaches. They didn't care about us. They only cared about the really big advertisers. And what started as the best way for the little guy to have success quickly disappeared when Larry Page and Sergey Brin, the founders of Google, decided to give us small entrepreneurs the slap. In Dotcom Secrets, I shared the way that I saved myself and my tiny little company from this Google slap was by learning how to use funnels. I changed my little potato gun website into a funnel where I could make more money from each visitor who clicked on my ads. Google's costs didn't go down, so I found a way to pay for those costs. I would spend the $3 per click that Google wanted to charge me, but then I would make 5 to $6 from everyone who came into my funnel. That strategy is outside the context of this book, but I write about it extensively in both Dotcom Secrets and Expert Secrets. After that initial Google slap, the entrepreneurs who survived started looking for other ways to save their companies. Some turned to email marketing and others turned to paid ads on blogs and websites, but the majority of marketers started getting the bulk of their traffic from Google's free search platform. We all started to learn how to play the game. We'd get ranked really high for the core keywords that we used to pay Google for, and traffic started coming back into our funnels for free. Again, this seemed like it had to be too good to be true, but for years this was the secret. Then one day, just like before, Google decided it was time to change things up once again. The next few years were known for dozens of new Google slaps that affected people who were ranking high in the free search results. Each morning, we would wake up hoping and praying that we were still ranking for the keywords we'd worked so hard to earn. But we were at Google's mercy. Our future was outside of our own control. Each slap would take out another huge percentage of entrepreneurs. Soon they started giving each of these slaps cute little names like Panda and Penguin and Hummingbird. But each new slap meant that a new group of entrepreneurs had to wake up to the reality that their companies had dried up overnight. They had lost all their traffic, and because traffic equaled customers, they had no business. The decade from the early 2000s to 2010 was a constant fight for most entrepreneurs to stay alive. 
Then in 2007, the dawn of a new era of online advertising started when Mark Zuckerberg introduced his new Facebook ads platform. Just as Google did when they first opened up their platform, Facebook made it easy and affordable for entrepreneurs to buy ads. The costs were low and arbitrage was simple. Facebook's goal was adoption, to get as many people as possible and as fast as possible to use their ad service. And that's exactly what happened. For people like me, it was like the good old days of Google where I could spend 25 cents in ads and make 2 to $3 back for each click. Many of the entrepreneurs who I'm now coached started their companies around this time and have leveraged Facebook to grow their companies quickly. But for the marketers who have been around long enough to remember the earlier bloodbaths that Google and other platforms have put us through, the pattern of Facebook has almost identically matched what Google did when it started. Step number one, the adoption. Make the barrier of entry easy to get everyone in and using the platform. Step number two, the price hike. Slowly raise the prices to squeeze out the margins, killing off any entrepreneur who doesn't understand how to use funnels. And step number three, the slap. Kill off the 50% of advertisers who cause 90% of their headaches. If you spend less than $1 million per month on ads, you're considered a small advertiser. You only make up a tiny percentage of their revenue, yet you're 100 times harder to support than a big brand who cares a lot less about ROI and more about just seeing their brand everywhere. That day after the movie, Payne Jr. and I joked that instead of a Google slap, we're going to see a Zuckerberg Thanos, we've now nicknamed him Zanos, snap, where 50% of all entrepreneurs' businesses would disappear overnight. If you rely 100% on Facebook for your traffic, then this is your warning that a storm is coming. You should implement everything you read in this book so that you can protect your company and thrive during that storm. On the other hand, if the Zeno snap has already happened and you woke up one morning to a dead or quickly dying business, then this book is your answer on how to save your company and get it to thrive again. Over the past decade and a half that I've been playing this game, I've survived and even thrived during dozens of Google slaps, the death of email marketing, algorithm changes, the rise and fall of tons of social media networks, and the fragmentation of online media. The question begs to be asked, why did we survive when so many other companies have failed? Two reasons we survived when others failed. First, we understand how to use funnels. With funnels, we can make five to 10 times as much money for each visitor who clicks on our ads. So we survive and thrive when costs go up. Second, we have mastered the strategy, not just the tactics behind getting traffic. And these strategies work on all advertising platforms in the past, the present, and the future. If you master these strategies, then no slap or snap can affect the lifeblood of your company. There will be another storm soon, just like there was with Google. It's happened time and time again, and we know that the greatest predictor of the future is the past. This storm is headed our way, and thousands of entrepreneurs are unaware. I feel like I have a moral responsibility to 100,000-plus members of our ClickFunnels community and to the million-plus entrepreneurs who follow me and to anyone else who will listen to prepare them for this storm. Those who master these strategies will absorb the traffic, customers, and sales of those who are not prepared. Master these principles, and you and your company will thrive. An evergreen book about the fastest changing topic of all time? My biggest fear when I decided to take on writing this book was figuring out how to create a book about traffic that was evergreen. After all, how do you teach concepts that will last forever on a topic that changes almost daily? Every book that I've read about traffic in the past 10 years has focused on trendy tactics, which usually become irrelevant within months of being published. Oftentimes they become obsolete before they even get to print. The tactics behind how to get somebody to click on an ad and come to your website literally changes daily. In fact, I know people whose full-time jobs are solely dedicated to keeping up to speed with the changes that Facebook makes to its algorithms and ads manager. If I were to try to give you the latest tactic or hack that works today, by the time you read this paragraph, it'll likely be wildly out of date. 
How many of us would have known five or six years ago that Instagram would be the powerhouse it is today? Who could have foreseen that messenger bots would be a really cool thing and then be almost dead in the water for a few months because of Facebook's legal troubles, and then shortly thereafter come back to life? What social platforms and technologies are still waiting to be discovered that we haven't even yet conceived? I then started thinking about the wake of the dead businesses I've seen in the past 15 years. So many entrepreneurs found temporary success because they figured out one way to get traffic or they mastered one tactic, for example, Google Ads or SEO, but then in one quick slap, they lost everything. I started thinking about why I've been able to not just survive during each of the slaps, but actually thrive. The more I thought about why we've done so well, despite the constant changes, the more I realized I didn't learn traffic the way that most other entrepreneurs learn traffic. Normally, most people learn how to get traffic in the following manner. A new website will become popular and quickly grow to a big user base where entrepreneurs will see an opportunity where they can buy or earn traffic on this new platform. For example, Twitter or Facebook. A group of early adopters start using it and they figure out the tricks to leverage the platform to get traffic. For the next few months or years, they use these concepts to mine out tons of traffic at very low costs. Eventually, more people find out about it and start using these channels. With more demand for this new traffic, the supply goes down, and the platform starts charging more money for each click. An entrepreneur may see the opportunity that this new tactic is created and try to capitalize on it by teaching others how to do it. After learning how to exploit this new traffic, tens of thousands of new people start using the platform. Demand goes up, supply goes down, and the price quickly increases. Others see the success of this new course teaching this new tactic, and they want in. A few dozen copycat courses come out, and now there's a small army of people selling courses on how to leverage this new type of traffic. Demand goes up, supply goes down, and the price keeps going up. Somewhere in this process, you, or the marketing person on your team, sees the ad for the course, so you buy it, you study it, and you start leveraging this new loophole. How much you are paying for these ads will depend on how early you got in, which also determines how much success you'll have when using this tactic. Eventually, the cost will get high enough that most businesses will no longer be able to profitably use these tactics. Those who understand funnels will last much longer because they will make more money from each visitor who clicks on their ads, but this tactic will soon become obsolete. This process is how most people learn to get traffic to their websites and into their funnels, and that's where the problem comes from. How are you supposed to build your foundation for your company on a slippery slope like that? The reason why I am here today is because I started playing this game 15 years ago. There weren't any traffic courses teaching the latest tactics. The people I studied with didn't have the internet when they were growing their companies. The people I learned from were some of the old school direct response marketing greats like Dan Kennedy, Bill Glazer, Gary Halbert, Jay Abraham, Joe Sugarman, Chet Holmes, Fred Katona, Don LaPree, Eugene Schwartz, David Ogilvy, and Robert Collier. These guys didn't have the luxury of Facebook or Google. They learned the strategies of driving traffic before there even was an internet. Instead, they drove traffic with direct mail, radio ads, TV, and newspapers. These direct response marketers forced me to look at marketing and sales in a completely different way than people do today. They trained me on the core strategies of what makes a direct mail campaign work, how to get radio, magazine, or classified ads to profitably drive customers to you. The strategies I mastered during a decade of studying direct response marketing gave me a very different lens, which has given my company the ability to be on the front of the new trends, master the emerging tactics before most people even know they exist, see opportunities that are invisible to most everyone else, and laugh every time there's a Google slap or Zeno snap. Moving forward, you have to understand that traffic is people, and people are extremely predictable. The core strategies that I'm going to teach you will outlast and supersede any particular platform so that you can apply them anywhere. The Big Challenge Some of you may be shocked or even offended that nowhere in this book, a book entirely about traffic, will you see a single image of the Facebook ads editor or a detailed explanation showing you how to set up your Google Ads campaign. 
I didn't put any platform-specific screenshots inside this book because I wanted this work to remain evergreen for you. The backends of each of these systems are constantly changing, and any snapshot I take today would be out of date before you even started reading. Instead, we'll be focusing on strategies that don't change, including identifying your dream customers, finding out where they are congregating online, learning how to work your way in, understanding how to buy your way in, creating your own publishing platform, building your own distribution lists. All of these strategies have one big thing in common. When the storms come, the user interfaces change, or the traffic moves, they will still work. They leverage the big media properties such as Google, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram when they are hot. But also when these platforms change, you can easily move to where the eyeballs go. It worked for me when I was forced to move from Friendster, most of you don't even remember Friendster, do you? To MySpace, to Facebook. And it will work when we have to move from Facebook and Google to the next big networks too. This book will give you the safety and security you need to know that your business, traffic, and leads are all on stable ground. In section one, you will learn how to identify exactly who your dream customers are, where you can find them, and how to get access to them. In section two, I will show you the simple pattern you can use to drive traffic into your funnels from any advertising network, including Facebook, Instagram, Google, and YouTube. I'll also demonstrate how mastering the simple pattern will unlock the doors to a consistent stream of traffic on any of these networks. Finally, section three will reveal powerful growth hacking techniques that will help you to increase your traffic even if you don't have access to Facebook or Google or any of the other advertising networks. Mastering these growth hacks will give you the ability to build your traffic foundation on solid ground. I spent over 15 years learning and mastering these concepts and strategies, and I'm so excited to finally be able to share them with you right now. Section one, your dream customer. The phone rang. It was Chad. Well, he was Chad to me, but to his patients, his name was Dr. Woolner. Hello? I answered. Hey man, I know it's late, but do you have some time to talk? I'm in a really bad place right now. Sure, I quickly responded. I'll be right over. Just five years earlier, Dr. Woolner had graduated with his Doctor of Chiropractic degree. Shortly thereafter, he moved his family to Boise, Idaho to work as an associate chiropractor for a new clinic in town. His goal wasn't to work for someone else, though. While Chad was an amazing chiropractor, he's an even better entrepreneur, and he wanted to start his own practice. He went through the process of writing a business plan, getting a small business loan, remodeling a new office, getting logos designed, and everything else that goes into starting your own business. I knew that business had been slow ever since he had opened his doors, but I didn't know how slow until I got to his office that night. I'm not going to make it, he said. We're out of money and we have no way to get more patients in the door. I spent some time talking to him about the situation and gave him some possible ideas to get more business. He did something that hit me like a ton of bricks. I went to college for four years to get my degree, and then I spent an additional four years at chiropractic college to become a chiropractor. In all that time, not once did they ever talk about how to actually get patients to come to my clinic. Isn't that unbelievable? They could lock up an entrepreneur for eight years to teach them a skill, but not even spend 10 minutes showing them how to market that skill? To me, it's the biggest problem with our education system, and it's one of the biggest issues that plague new entrepreneurs in any market. They believe that if they build a great product or create an amazing company, the customers will automatically follow. I see entrepreneurs who will invest every last penny they have to create the products and services they think will change the world without ever considering who their dream customers are or how they're going to reach them. They'll happily invest in coaching, product creation, design, education, almost everything. But when you tell them to buy ads on Facebook or Google, they freeze. Or when you tell them they're going to have to put in their own time and sweat equity to get visitors organically, they often think that they're above it. Some think, my product is so good, I don't need to pay for traffic. Still, others believe that they're entitled to customers because they feel they built a better product than their competitors. So they wait, all the while thinking, if I built it, why aren't they coming? 
Yet after coaching hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs, I can tell you that people who put all their focus on creating something amazing, instead of also focusing on getting people to actually see what they created, are the people that fail. The biggest problem they have is getting their future customers to discover that they even exist. Every year, tens of thousands of businesses start and fail because the entrepreneurs don't understand this one essential skill, the art and science of getting traffic or people to find you. And that is a tragedy. I feel like I've been called and placed on this earth with a mission to help entrepreneurs to get their messages out to the world about their products and their services. I strongly believe that entrepreneurs are the only people on earth who can actually change the world. It won't happen in government, and I don't think it's going to happen in schools. It'll happen because of entrepreneurs like you who are willing to risk everything to try to make that dream become a reality. For all the entrepreneurs who fail in their first year of business, it's a tragedy when that one thing that they risked everything for never gets to see the light of day. Waiting for people to come to you is not a strategy, but understanding exactly who your dream customer is, discovering where they're congregating, and throwing out hooks that will grab their attention to pull them into your funnels where you can tell them a story and make them an offer is the strategy. That's the big secret. The good news for Dr. Wollner is that after that night, he started geeking out on funnels. He built a client acquisition funnel and learned how to buy ads on Facebook and Google. His funnel now generates new patients for him 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and to this day, he has a thriving practice. I'm assuming that if you're reading this book right now, you have a product or a service or a skill that you focus countless hours on mastering. This book will become your education on getting people to actually see your art. This section of the book will be focused on answering two very important questions. Question number one, who is your dream customer? And question number two, where are they congregating? When you have a perfect vision of who your dream customer is, it becomes easy to find out where they are congregating. On the contrary, if you don't have perfect clarity on who that person is, it's really hard to find them. When you have completed this section, you'll know exactly who your dream customer is and where they are hiding so you can get their attention long enough to tell them your story. Secret number one, who is your dream customer? I don't know if Alexis will like this, said an executive at Sally Beauty Supply. Confused, my friend Perry Belcher said, what? He set down his new scented hand sanitizer that he had brought in to pitch at the meeting. He picked up his new UV nail polish, handed it to the group and said, okay, well, how about this product, he said. They looked at it, opened it up and smelled it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Alexis won't like this one either, they replied. More confused than ever and now a little frustrated, Perry brought out his third and final product to pitch to them. In a similar fashion, they looked at the product, gave it a quick once over and said, sorry, Alexis definitely wouldn't be interested in this one either. More frustrated, Perry looked at the two executives he was talking to and finally blurted, Who is Alexis? Is she the decision maker? Why isn't she in this meeting instead of you two? Is she here? Can I just talk directly to her? I know that I can convince her that your company needs to sell these products. There was a moment of silence, and then both of the executives burst out in laughter. Alexis isn't a person. She's our customer avatar, one replied. What? Perry asked. He had never heard of a customer avatar before. I'm sorry, I don't understand. Alexis isn't a real person? The executives just smiled at each other and then asked Perry to follow them into another room. When they entered the new room, he saw a wall full of pictures of Alexis, a fictitious character who represented Sally Beauty Supply's dream customer. The wall also featured a full bio about who she was, how many kids she had, where she lived, how much money she made, and the type of home that she lived in. The executives then went on to explain that everyone in the company was trained that when they made any decision about what products to purchase, what colors to use in their stores, or what branding, what ads to run, what promotions to create, what their websites looked like, and what music to play in their locations, everything was run through the lens of Alexis's eyes. If it was something Alexis would love, then the answer was yes. If it wasn't something she would love, then the answer was always no. They didn't run a product-centric company. They ran a customer-centric company. 
Their customer avatars what drove everything from the products they created to the ads that they ran. When Perry first told me this story, I had my big aha. Most entrepreneurs mistakenly think that their business is about them, but it's not. On the contrary, your business is about your customer. If you want customers or traffic to come into your funnels, then you have to be able to find them online. And if you want to find them online, then you have to start to understand them at a much deeper level. Becoming obsessed with your dream customers. The first step in this process is to become obsessed with your dream customers. Companies that become obsessed with their products will eventually fail. As we've grown ClickFunnels, I've seen this happen time and time again. Every company we've competed against, even though some of them had hundreds of millions of dollars in funding behind them, eventually lost to us because they were busy focusing on their products while we became obsessed with our customers. What do I mean when I say obsessed? Well, being obsessed with your customer means understanding them just as well, if not better than they understand themselves. For many, this is the most difficult part of the process, even though you may have actually been your dream customer not too long ago. Often just remembering how you felt when you were trying to solve the very problem that you're now solving for people is usually hard. I was recently talking to my friend Nicholas Bailey about the fact that most businesses are created from a problem that an entrepreneur had, and their product or service was a result of them figuring out the solution to that problem. Our mess becomes our message, Nicholas said. When you're frustrated about a problem you're having, you look for a solution. If you're not able to find the solution that gives you the results that you want, then you'll likely go on a journey to find or create your own solution. In that way, your problem becomes your business. In other words, your mess becomes your message. If that's true, then you need to look back in time to find the point where you were struggling with the same problem that your dream customer has now. Then you need to remember what you were feeling when you were in that pain. In our community, we have some amazing examples of leaders who have made their mess their message. And one of my favorite power couples is Stacy and Paul Martino. Years ago, they found themselves at a crossroads. Their relationship was broken. Paul had tried for months to stay, but eventually he felt so much pain that he decided to leave. As he broke the news to Stacy late one night, she broke down and cried. Her relationship was over, and the pain she felt was too much to bear. I won't tell their full story here, but the short version is that because of this experience, Stacy knew that to save her relationship, she needed to change first. She put in the work to transform herself, and in the process of her changing, Paul changed as well. After saving their own marriage, they developed a unique process to heal marriage that doesn't require couples' work. Instead, they believe that it takes just one person in a relationship to change it for the good. Their mess became their message, and now they've dedicated their lives to helping others find relief from the same pain that they felt years earlier. With their unique systems and tools, they've helped to save thousands of marriages. In a society where more than 50% of all marriages end in divorce, the students who go through their program only have a 1% divorce rate. Stacy and Paul are successful at finding and helping their dream customers because just a few years ago, they were their dream customers. Because they really deeply understood the pain, they could identify their dream customers' goals and aspirations and can identify where they were congregating to help move them towards those goals. They are a product of their product. In the early 20th century, Robert Collier published one of the great books on copywriting, the Robert Collier Letter Book. In this book, he shares how to really understand your customers. If you're going to find them, persuade them to follow you, and hopefully change their lives with the products and the services you sell, you need to know and understand them better than they understand themselves. Collier believed that we as marketers should not be trying to figure out how to create the next amazing ad campaign, but instead we need to learn how to enter the conversations already taking place in the customers' minds. If you want to really understand who your dream customers are and where they are congregating online, you need to be able to enter the conversation that's already taking place inside of their mind and see the world the way that they see it. When you can truly understand the core pains they are trying to move away from and the core desires and passions they are trying to move towards, it becomes really easy to identify exactly where they exist online. As soon as you know where they are online, then you can hook them and bring them into your funnels where you can serve them. We will go into greater detail on how to do that throughout the rest of this book. 
Now that we have the foundation covered, let's dive into identifying your dream customers with the three core markets, sometimes known as the three core desires. The three core markets slash desires. In Expert Seekers, I introduced the concept of the three core markets or the three core desires. The three desires in no particular order are health, wealth, and relationships. When people purchase any product from anyone, they're hoping to get a certain result in one of those three areas of their lives. So the first question you need to answer is this. Which of these three desires is my future dream customer trying to receive when they buy my product or service? This is the very first layer to getting inside the minds of your dream customer. And for most people, the answer is pretty simple. However, sometimes people get stuck in this question for one of two reasons. Reason number one, my product fits into more than one of these desires. Many products can be marketed towards getting a result in more than one of these desires, but your marketing message can only focus on one of them. Anytime you try to get your potential customer to believe in two things, your conversions will usually cut in half, most times by 90% or more. To target two different desires, you need two different ads leading to two different funnels. Only focus on one desire with each message you put into the market. Reason number two, my product doesn't fit into any of the desires. This false belief was best resolved at one of our recent events where someone told one of my head coaches, Steve J. Larson, this exact same thing. Steve responded by telling the story of Gillette razors and asking which desire a razor fulfilled. At first, everyone was quiet, and then a few people started guessing. Uh, health, another mumbled, or maybe um, Steve then played one of the Gillette ads. In it, you see how the story develops. First, a man is shown shaving. After the shave, a beautiful woman gets closer to him, and then the two go out for the night on the town. Finally, the ad shows the two together back at home in their room. After showing the ad, Steve asks the question again a little differently. What desire was this marketing message created for? Instantly, everyone responded, relationships. Most products can fit into multiple categories, even if they may look like they don't fit into any category at all. But no matter what, the key is that your marketing message can and must be focused on only one of the three core desires. I want you to take a few minutes and decide which of the three core markets or desires your product or service currently fits into. Away from pain towards pleasure. Now that you've identified which core desire your product or service is focused on, the next step to entering the conversation inside your customer's mind is to understand which direction they are moving. Every human being on this planet is always moving in one of two directions when they make a decision, away from pain or towards pleasure. Moving away from pain. The first direction that people can be moving in is away from pain. Let me show you a few examples of moving away from pain for each desire. Health, moving away from pain. I'm overweight and I don't feel comfortable in my clothes. I don't have energy and I feel tired all the time. I hate what I see when I look in the mirror. Now wealth, moving away from pain. I hate my job and I want to fire my boss. I have no money saved and I'm scared I could lose my job. Everyone around me makes more money than I do. Relationships moving away from pain. I'm in a bad relationship and I don't know how to get out. I feel alone and I want to feel what love feels like. I feel awkward when I'm around people I don't know. Each of those statements above are conversations that people are having inside of their own minds. While these are broad examples, when I actually wrote down the thoughts that my particular dream customer was having, I did three things to try to understand the conversations they were having with themselves each day. Number one, I wrote out hundreds of phrases that I used to say to myself when I was trying to solve this problem for myself initially. Number two, I looked online in forums, message boards, and groups to see what other people are saying when they're trying to get out of pain. And number three, I really tried to put myself in their shoes and wrote out what I believe people were thinking. Exercise. For this exercise, I want you to write down at least a dozen things that your potential future customers are saying or thinking as they're trying to move away from pain. This exercise is something that you should be continually doing every day. 
I'm always looking for the questions and the statements that people in my market are saying as they try to move out of their pain. Moving towards pleasure. The second direction that people can be moving in is towards pleasure. They don't have a desire for health, wealth, or relationships because they're unhappy. They have a desire because they're happy and looking for more. Let me show you a few examples of moving towards pleasure for each desire. Health, moving towards pleasure. I want to get six-pack abs. I want to be able to run a marathon. I want to eat healthier so I can have more energy. Wealth, moving towards pleasure. I want to buy my dream house or my dream car. I want to grow my company so I can have more impact. I want to learn leadership so I can grow my team. Relationships, moving towards pleasure. I want more passion in my relationships. I want to spend more time with my spouse and my kids. I want to meet more people through networking. Do you see how different these phrases are even though they are addressing the same core desire? You can refer to the supplemental PDF to see them side by side. It's powerful to see that while everyone may be trying to accomplish the same goal, the reasons why they are doing it is almost polar opposites. Exercise. Now I want you to spend a few minutes doing the second exercise. Write down at least a dozen phrases that people in your market who are moving towards pleasure may have running on a loop in their heads. The more phrases you can find, the more traffic streams you'll be able to tap into. So make it a continual process to identify and write down the conversations happening inside your customers' minds. And as you'll see in the next secret, understanding the phrases that are going on inside your customers' minds in both directions, moving away from pain and towards pleasure, will guide you to finding them. The searcher and the scroller. To really understand how to use the conversations that are going on inside the minds of your dream customers, we need to go back in time a few hundred years ago before the internet, before TV, and before radio to where traffic began. Until the early 1800s, people mainly obtained products based on what they needed. They would be in some type of pain, and they would go search for a solution to solve it. It started with food. Our ancestors had a desire for health, food. So they would search for food, kill it, and bring it home. In more modern times, we have stores. When you need food or something else in your home, you'd go to the local store, search for what you need, and buy it. In 1886, the Yellow Pages directory was created, and it was awesome for consumers because you could find exactly what you needed, and business owners had the luxury of people simply showing up, looking for what they had to sell. It seemed like the perfect solution, except for one thing. As a business owner, if you wanted to make more money or grow your company, you were not in control. You had to wait for people to have a need in order for them to come and to find you. But then, in 1927, the television was invented. And just 15 short years later, on July 1st, 1942, during the Brooklyn Dodgers-Philadelphia Phillies game in Ebbets Field, the first ever TV commercial aired. At the time, there were over 4,000 televisions in New York. And on that day, while families gathered around to watch the big game on NBC, it was interrupted by the first ever TV commercial. That ad, which was just nine seconds long and cost only $9, featured a map of America with a Volvo watch clock face in the middle. At the end of the ad, a voice announced, America runs on Volvo time. And with those nine seconds, the shift from search advertising to interruption advertising had officially begun. People watching TV that night were not searching for a new watch, but as they saw the commercial and the pictures of the watch, it placed a seed of desire in their hearts and their minds. They didn't need this watch, but they wanted it. This TV commercial gave business owners a window where they could grab their potential customers' attention long enough to plant a seed of desire and show the perceived value of what they were selling. No longer would people only buy when they needed something. Now advertisers had the ability to create desire and sell people stuff that they wanted. This interruption advertising started happening in other types of media such as radio, newspapers, and direct mail. The process was simple. Get a captive audience, entertain or educate them, and then, when they have their full attention, interrupt them with your message. 
You can then grab their attention and create a desire for the product or service that you are selling. Nowadays, this type of interruption advertising happens every day around you, but I'm guessing you didn't realize how profound of an impact those advertisements actually made on your buying decisions. To show you how effective interruption advertising is versus traditional search advertising behind the scenes, I want to share with you a story from my friend Trevor Chapman. Trevor used to run a big sales team of people who sold alarm systems door to door. At the time, if you were to go to Amazon and search for home security systems, you would quickly find hundreds of options, each one competing on price. If someone had a need for an alarm and went to Amazon to buy it, usually they would buy the cheapest one that still had the highest ratings. Trevor then compared people searching online for home security systems to what his sales team did every day. He explained, We would go down the street and knock on people's doors and interrupt them from their days. Minutes earlier, they had no desire for a home security system. Because we interrupted them, though, we had a small window where we could make a presentation and show them the perceived value of our home alarm system. This presentation would create a desire in them to buy the alarms from us. We would then make them a special offer that they could only get from us right there, right then. In less than an hour, we'd walk away with a monthly monitoring contract that would be worth over $2,999 to us in the next five years, as opposed to the $199 version they would get by buying the alarm on Amazon. It's interesting to note that when the internet started just a few decades ago, it followed a very similar pattern. It began with searches. People had some type of need, usually to get out of some type of pain, and they would immediately go to the search engines looking for a solution to their problems. Later, we were all introduced to social media through platforms like MySpace, Facebook, and Instagram. And just like the Bulva ad in 1941, in 2007, Facebook announced the first ever social interruption advertising with Facebook ads. People would be online talking to their friends, posting pictures, liking images and videos, and then suddenly your ad would show up in their Facebook feed. You had a small window of time to grab their attention, create a desire for your product or service, and to make a special offer. The pros and cons for search. The pros for search-based traffic is that when they come to you, they're hot buyers who are ready to buy. This is similar to people who walk into your store or find you in the yellow pages and give you a call. The con with search-based traffic is that they're not just searching, they're also comparing options with your competitors. you got to be the price leader as well as the quality leader and the niche leader. People who are searching are also researching all of those things. So until you become good at funnels and offers, you're likely to be trying to beat your competitors by lowering your prices. Unfortunately, trying to be the cheapest product is never a good strategy. The pros and cons for interruption. As a marketer, you can target people who are interested in certain people, ideas, TV shows, or bands, and then you can interrupt them with your ads. You open a small window of time where you can grab their attention and show them the perceived value of what you're selling. You no longer have to wait around for someone to come looking for you. You can now create desire in your dream customers. The pros for social-based interruption traffic is you can target warm traffic based on people's interests. Therefore, you can sell based on the perceived value of your product or service. The con for social-based interruption traffic is that because the customer isn't actively looking for you, you have to become good at your hook, story, offer, where you can grab their attention, tell them a story, and then make them an offer. We'll be covering how to do this in more detail in secret number three. Now that you've identified who your dream customer avatar is, what their core desires are, and if they're moving away from pain or towards pleasure, the next question we ask is, where are they congregating? As you will learn in the next chapter, there are congregations where the scrollers are hanging out and congregations you can target for the searchers. Secret number 10, Instagram traffic secrets. Over the past few years, one of my favorite social platforms to spend my personal time on has been Instagram. One of its core features, Instagram Stories, has become my favorite way to document my daily journey. 
Personally, I believe that it's the most powerful of all social tools to build a relationship with you, the attractive character, and your audience. A lot of the strategy I learned originally when I set up my account was from my friend and amazing entrepreneur, Jenna Kucher. In this chapter, with Jenna's permission, I'll share many of the concepts we learned from her. I'm so grateful to her for allowing me to share them with you. Step number one, understand the history and the goal. Created by Kevin Sistrom and Mike Krieger in San Francisco, Instagram launched on October 6, 2010. Its fast-paced growth was unheard of, 100,000 members in the first week, a million members in the first two months, and 10 million members in the first year. And in June 2019, it passed over a billion members. In 2012, Facebook bought Instagram for $1 billion in cash and stocks. While the story is fascinating, I think the more exciting story occurred in 2013 when Mark Zuckerberg offered to buy Snapchat for $3 billion. After Snapchat's founder said no, Facebook decided that instead of buying them, they would just try to beat Snapchat at their own game. Over the next few years, they added all of Snapchat's core features into Instagram. Then, in August 2016, they threw the death punch. They replaced Snapchat's signature feature by launching Instagram Stories. Soon, Snapchat stock plummeted. Users migrated in droves from Snapchat to Instagram. And almost overnight, Instagram became the second largest social networking site in the world. Mark Zuckerberg's goal when acquiring Instagram and ripping off Snapchat's features was to find more places to leverage attention and place ads where you're spending your time, looking at your feed, exploring various things, and watching other people's stories. If you are working your way in, then you win this game by attracting followers and creating content that engages them and keeps them coming back to the platform for more. As you do that, you can use the attention to get free organic traffic into your funnels. If you are buying your way in, you win by showing your ads to your Dream 100's followers and pushing them into your funnels. As with all platforms, I believe that we should be playing both sides, working our way in and buying our way in. Step number two, find your Dream 100 on this platform. The first step, as you'll soon see with every platform, is to identify the Dream 100 that have already congregated your dream customers on the platform that you're starting on. Follow each of them and set up a plan to spend a few minutes each day viewing all of their stories, posts, and ads. This will help you to identify the patterns that are making these people successful. Each day, I spend three to five minutes viewing my Dream 100's posts looking for what pictures hook me and make me want to read the caption, what captions make me want to take actions. At the same time, I like the posts from my Dream 100. I comment on at least 10 of my Dream 100's posts each day, digging my well. I also spend five minutes watching Instagram stories for my Dream 100, looking for cool ideas on ways they're engaging people, checking out where their swipe ups are pushing me to, messaging or DMing on at least 10 of their videos, digging my well, and looking for the swipe up ads that are shown to me and funnel hacking them, swiping up on them. Remember, you're now a producer of social media, not a consumer. Don't get caught in the trap of following tons of interesting people who will distract you and waste your time. Follow only those people who are already successfully serving the market that you want to serve so that you can understand what messages they're sharing. Then you can figure out your own unique angles inside of that ecosystem and unfriend and unfollow everyone else. Step number three, identifying the publishing strategy and create your publishing plan. There are many ways to publish content on Instagram, and each section of the platform has a different strategy for how to publish and how to monetize. To make it simpler, I'll break down each of the core sections in Instagram and explain the strategy for how you use each one. Here are the core areas of the platform we'll be focusing on. The first I call content hooks, where you're producing images and videos in a way to grab your dream customers and turn them into your followers. We rarely, if ever, actually sell anything in this content. We only focus on getting people to like, comment, and follow. We do this in two sections of the app, the Instagram profile, your gallery, 
and Instagram TV, your produced video content. The second section of the app is your house. This is where you're able to direct people into your funnels and actually sell. I'll show you the strategies behind how we sell in this chapter, but for now, understand that the areas that you'll be able to sell your products and services are Instagram Stories, your reality show, and Instagram Live, your live show. Again, I want to mention that these platforms, their features, and the strategies for them are always evolving. So view this chapter as a baseline and watch your Dream 100 closely so that you can model and innovate on any and all algorithm changes as they come. My biggest fear in telling people to model their Dream 100 is that they think that they should copy their Dream 100. Again, copying is not the goal. On the contrary, copying is illegal and unethical. Modeling is watching what others in your market are doing so that you can get ideas of what you can create. To have success on Instagram or any platform, you have to be you. Your brand and your personality are the keys to getting people to follow and engage with you. The differences you bring into the ecosystem that you serve is the secret that will create your true fans. Jenna Kutcher once said, a brand is the image and the personality that the business applies to its offers. The attractive character is the voice of your company, and what you're doing on social media is creating the image and personality that can connect with people and lead them into your funnels and to your offers. The first step then when setting up Instagram is to quickly communicate in your bio who you are as the attractive character. When people find you on Instagram, the first thing they'll do is check out your bio. You only have 150 characters to make your first impression and get them to click on the follow button. You also get one link that you can use to direct people back into one of your funnels, converting them from traffic that you've earned into traffic that you own. There are a lot of thoughts and beliefs on what you should write in your bio, but I suggest looking at your Dream 100's bios, seeing what's working, choosing what you like, and modeling them to create your own unique bio. Instagram profile strategy, your gallery. Your Instagram profile is the core foundation of your Instagram strategy. I'll focus on this first section of the platform because it is the key to increasing your followers and will be the fuel for your Instagram stories and their powerful swipe ups, Instagram lives, IGTVs, and more. The hook, your pictures. After someone looks at your bio, the next thing they'll see is the grid of all of the pictures and the videos that you've posted. Each picture is a hook that can potentially grab someone who is scrolling on Instagram and pull them into your funnels. People are automatically able to see all the pictures on your profile, and if you post them correctly, they'll also be able to see them inside of their own newsfeed. When I started using Instagram, I had no clue what types of pictures I should post. If you scroll back to my profile to the very first pictures, you'll probably get a good laugh seeing all of the random stuff I posted. As a result, I had low engagement because I had no idea what I was doing. Shortly afterwards, I heard Jenna Kucher give a presentation on her JK5 method framework. I started using it a few years ago and I still use it to this day because it makes posting to my profile simple and fun. Using the JK5 method will help you to create connection beyond just what you're selling. And to do that, you'll need to post more than just your work. To implement the JK5 method, you first need to create five main categories of things that you're passionate about. This will help to give you a recognizable brand, and as you post images, you'll simply rotate through these categories so that your followers get a good understanding of who you are beyond what you sell. For Jenna, her five categories are marriage, body positivity, photography, fashion, and travel. If you scroll through her profile, you'll notice that she cycles through these categories. As I created my categories, I thought about things that were most important to me that I wanted to share with the world. The categories that I came up with for my brand were family, funnels, faith, entrepreneurship, and personal development. Jen explained why the JK5 method helps to grow your brand and increase your audience. When you adopt this method, you not only create a versatile, well-rounded, and connected brand, but you'll also create an interesting feed that earns you the ability to sell. No two categories live next to each other on the grid. 
giving you extra visual element, but also giving people a way to find a way to connect with you, even if they currently aren't on the market for what you're selling. Oftentimes, someone will follow you for just one of the categories while they get to know you, like you, and trust you, priming them to become a paying client in the future. It's important we talk about the overall vibe of your grid. Essentially, your grid is what users see when they scroll down and see multiple images all lined up in rows of three. It's easy to get obsessive about your overall grid aesthetics, but what I love about the JK5 is that it gives people an overarching view of your brand when they click to see a full profile. If you truly follow the five-category rotation, viewers will see more than just what you sell, but be able to see if they can connect to your account enough to follow you. When someone lands on your page, they have about 10 seconds to make a decision on whether or not they want to follow you. And so we want this overall grid to create a connection right off the bat. When you're posting on your profile, never post in real time. Your post should be thought out and strategic. Real-time posting is for Instagram stories. To curate photos for your profile, most phones will allow you to set up albums for your pictures. I suggest creating a new album for each of the five categories in your JK5. Then, look back through your camera roll and move all of the existing pictures you've taken in the past into these albums. Chances are, this exercise alone will give you a few months worth of the perfect images that you could start using today. Moving forward, when you take new pictures with your phone, always add them into these albums. Each stage you're looking for new pictures to post, go into the album on your phone and quickly grab the perfect picture. On top of pictures, Instagram also allows you to post videos on your profile that are under 60 seconds. So as you capture short videos that fit into your JK5, save them on your album as well. Before posting any picture or video though, I highly recommend using Jenna's ABCDQ test to see if it's on brand and therefore worthy of your profile. Here's the test. A, aesthetics. Does it visually show something that fits the personality of my brand? B, brand. Is it aligned with my dream client or something they will engage with? C, consistent. Is it consistent in terms of the color or quality to fit within my overall feed? D, diversity. Is this something different than my last post? Does it create recognition beyond what I sell? Q, quality. Is this up to the quality I want my clients and followers to expect? If this stood alone, would it fit my brand? The story, captions. After you run through the ABCDQ test and you're ready to post images, you need to think about what arguably the most important question of all. What am I going to say about this picture? The picture is the hook that brings people in and grabs their attention. But the caption tells your story and tries to engage the reader before you make your offer or your call to action. Goal of the post. Each post you make should have one goal. As I post any picture and I write its caption, the first thing I do is decide if the hook is meant to inspire, educate, or entertain. Inspire. It compels others to feel inspired and capable of big things. Educate. It teaches or educates your followers on a subject. Entertain. It provides entertainment for your followers. Type of caption. After I decide the goal of the post, I try to figure out the type of caption to post. According to Jenna, the three most common types of captions and how to use them in your business are, first, tell a story. The posts that do the best on Instagram have one thing in common. They invite you into the story and make you feel part of the moment, as if you're experiencing it beyond the screen. I often pay attention to the little things or thoughts that happen in my days and turn those things into short stories I tell through captions. I'm not talking once upon a time type stories, but relatable life experiences that others can connect with. Number two, ask a question. Having an audience, whether it's 10 people or 1,000 people, gives you access to people that can help you create the perfect offer. When you're not sure what to post, ask a question. People love to feel heard and be able to share their opinion. At least once a week, I love to ask a question. Often, it's as simple as, what is the best book you've read recently? Or as complex as, tell me what you're struggling with when it comes to Instagram so I can help you. 
Questions can be directly related to your offer or just another way to connect with your audience. Plus, questions invite engagement onto your feed. Number three, make a list. You can have a lot of fun with captions by sharing a short list. Some examples including three things people might not know about you, five facts about your business, three ways to use your products, or the seven best books you've ever read. Lists are a fun way to deliver a caption that's easy to read or interesting. They can also further connect you to your followers in an unexpected way beyond the traditional brand stories you tell. We love sharing lists of our favorite things or writing an introduction type post where we share more about us. After all, new people find and follow our account each week. Hashtags. So what is a hashtag and why do you need it? If you think of Instagram as a huge filing cabinet, then the hashtags are the filing folders. When someone searches a hashtag, Instagram finds all the images that are using the same hashtag and gives you a gallery of only those images. For example, if I post a picture with the hashtag potato guns and someone searches for that hashtag, the picture I post will show up in the hashtag potato guns gallery. If they follow that hashtag because they love potato guns, any new picture I post with that hashtag could show up in their newsfeed. You can use up to 30 hashtags with each post to help your images or hooks show up on the searches and the feeds of your dream customers. Hashtags are the equivalent of keywords in search engines. Sometimes you can put your hashtags in the actual caption, we call these overt hashtags, where your audience will see them, but typically most of your hashtags will be posted in the first comment after you post your image. We call these covert keywords. There are many online research tools that help you to figure out the best hashtags for your posts, and I do recommend using them. But the easiest way to research what hashtags you may want to use is to go back to your Dream 100. They're already serving your dream clients, so what hashtags are they using to get in front of them? Look at their hashtags each day as you're doing your research and keep a list of the ones that will work for you too. The offer, your call to action. The last step in creating your post is your CTA. Every single post needs a CTA. It can vary from being a very small ask to being a big call to action. Examples of small asks include double tap, hit the like button, post an emoji, or comment below. Examples of a bigger call to action include share this post, tag three friends, click the link in my bio, or sign up for blank. Calls to action are important for a lot of reasons. Ultimately, they help to get people off Instagram and onto your list. But maybe even more importantly, they help the algorithm know if people like what you're posting. If your audience comments, likes, and engages with what you post, the algorithm will assume that you're creating content that people want, and they'll reward you by giving you more exposure. When people comment, you should be responding to their comments. This will get them more likely to comment in the future, and it gives other people extra motivation to comment as well. Now let's quickly recap the basic process to follow when making posts on your Instagram profile. Follow the JK5 method and create five main categories of things you're passionate about. Each day, post up to two pictures on your profile, rotate through your JK5 categories. Decide the goal of each post, inspire, educate, or entertain. Decide the type of captions to use, story, ask a question, or make a list. Choose the hashtags that will make your post show up for your dream customers, and add a CTA to get your audiences to engage with you. If you need more examples on how to do this, then look no further than your Dream 100. If they're successful, you'll see this pattern within their posts, and you can model it for your own posts as well. Instagram TV Strategy, your produced video content. Instagram TV was originally created to be a competitor of YouTube. Most people use Instagram as an app that you scroll through during your in-between moments, and they wanted to create something that would keep you in the app for longer stretches of time. Part of our consistent publishing plan is to test out hooks and test our materials. As I'm posting pictures and publishing stories, I'm looking to see what people respond to, what questions do they keep asking me, what subjects and topics are interesting. When they see behind the scenes of my life, what parts do they want to understand more? 
After identifying their interests, I'll create a more produced piece of content that answers these questions or expounds on certain subjects. These videos become episodes on Instagram TV. Typically, anything over 60 seconds is made into an IGTV post, and they can be up to 60 minutes long. In our market, we found that the sweet spot for video length is about 3 to 5 minutes. So we'll spend that time answering a question and diving more deeply into the topic. These videos become our IGTV episodes. The episodes will show up to your fans and followers just like a normal picture or video that you post on your profile would. After people watch the first 60 seconds, Instagram will ask them if they want to continue watching the rest of the video inside IGTV, making it vital for the first 60 seconds to hook them into watching the full video or you'll lose people before they see your full message. Watch the IGTVs from your Dream 100 and see what types of videos they're creating and how they hook people and pull them into their content. Instagram Stories Strategy, your reality show. When Snapchat first came out, they became famous for their core feature, letting you create short 10-second videos that disappeared after 24 hours. I spent over a year growing my Snapchat following and had mild success with my stories there. The platform was hard to use, it was almost impossible to grow an audience, and the stats they showed were almost useless. However, early trends showed it was going to be the next big social network, so we put in the time to try to make it work. About a year into my Snapchat journey, I embarked on a charity trip to Kenya with a bunch of big influencers to help build schools. On the second day after we finished working and playing with the kids, we came back to our camps and checked our phones. That very day, Instagram launched their new Stories features. At first, we were skeptical. Honestly, we didn't want to make a shift to this new platform after we had spent so much time building up Snapchat. Reluctantly, though, we decided to test the new platform. The next morning, we each made the same posts on Instagram and Snapchat. Then we watched our stats closely to see which of the two platforms brought us the most eyeballs and engagement. Knowing that this was a new feature to Instagram, I had a gut feeling that Zuckerberg was going to bribe us early adopters with tons of free engagement so that we'd switch platforms. And that's exactly what he did. Despite the fact that my Instagram audience was small, about 30% the size of my Snapchat audience, I got four times more views on each of my Instagram stories than I did on Snapchat. As I shared my stats each night with the other influencers on the trip, we found that all of our stats were about the same. Over the next few weeks, I started posting more and more on Instagram and less and less on Snapchat, until one day I stopped logging into Snapchat and eventually deleted the app altogether. So what exactly are Instagram stories and how do they fit into your Instagram strategy? At the top of the Instagram app, above your feed, you'll find a section showing the stories for each of the people that you're following, your Dream 100. If you click on one of their pictures, you'll see all the short micro videos they posted in the past 24 hours. Each video is just 15 seconds long and you can post as many each day as you'd like. Because they disappear after 24 hours, you don't have to be as methodical about each post, caption, and CTA as you are with your profile post. These stories are more freestyle. Personally, I look at my Instagram stories as my personal reality show where my fans and my followers can see behind the scenes of what I'm doing each day. I'm literally documenting my journey through the day in short 15-second mini videos. When I wake up in the morning, I may make a quick post as I'm walking into the gym, quickly mentioning why I'm excited or what I'm dreading about the workout. I may make another post during the workout if I'm doing something new or funny that I think would be fun to share with my audience. After I leave the gym, I may post a quick video with one of my kids who just got out of bed and had a funny bedhead, or I may have them share a funny or scary dream. Then I get ready for my day, and I may make a post when I'm about to get in my car telling them quickly about what I'm excited about for the day, or what I'm learning during my morning study. Do you see how this works? I'm taking them on my journey during my day and sharing the highlights, giving them a glimpse of what I'm actually doing behind the scenes. As I get to the office, I may show them something I'm working on as I'm doing it. 
For example, I've posted Instagram stories almost daily for the past few months showing my followers the process of me writing this book. Each day I know there are tens of thousands of people who watch these quick videos of me talking about this book and showing the new concept or sketches I'm developing as I'm doing it in real time. Can you imagine how many of them are anxiously waiting the second this book is done so they can buy their copy? By letting them participate in the process, they're more invested in what I've actually been doing. They're more likely to buy what I'm creating when it's ready. Instagram stories are the most powerful way that I've ever seen to have your audience build a relationship with you as the attractive character. Another great way to use Instagram stories is to promote things you're working on in a cool way. I can show people my product or behind the scenes of how I fulfill my service, and then I can give people a call to action to go and buy one. Each day, I usually try to make at least one pitch for something I'm excited for. Instagram stories are my home where I'm able to push people into my funnels and actually sell to them. When you first get your Instagram account, it isn't easy to promote products. Usually, you have to tell your followers to click on the link in your bio to get taken to your funnel. After your account has grown to 10,000 followers, though, you can unlock a really cool feature called Swipe Up. If you've been following others on Instagram, you've undoubtedly seen people do this before. They make a pitch for something and tell you to swipe up to get access to it. When they swipe up on the screen, you'll be redirected to any link you want. Every day, I try to make between 10 and 30 posts on Instagram stories throughout the day, documenting my journey. I'll typically make one that directs people to my profile to comment on whatever picture I posted that day. I'll also make one with a swipe up CTA such as getting them to visit a funnel, listen to a new podcast episode, watch a video on YouTube, or engage with me outside of the Instagram platform. Story Highlights These show up under your bio and above your grid. The way you use highlights ties back to the JK5 method. When you pick your five categories that your brand will become known for and you create a highlight for each one. As you make cool stories that tie back into one of those five categories, you can save them as highlights and they will automatically be saved in this folder. This is a really cool way for people to see the highlights over the past month or years tied to your core categories. Highlights mini webinar hack. We have a little trick that we use to leverage highlights to sell a lot of products. About once per month, I pick one of my products that I want to promote. I block out a full day in my stories devoted to promoting that product within a mini webinar. Basically, throughout the day, I'll post 15 to 50 stories going through a scripted presentation to sell one of my products. Of course, I'll usually make a ton of sales on that day, but because I save it as a highlight, it'll continue to sell for me every day. Let me walk you through the script for this mini webinar. In the first three stories, I ask three yes or no questions that I know will hook my viewers. For those who have read Expert Secrets, these questions will seem familiar as they sync with the perfect webinar script. Question one is about the vehicle that we're trying to get them into. Question two relates to their internal struggle. And question three deals with their external fears. I ask each question and then I let my followers answer yes or no. My next few stories will relate back to the questions I just asked. I like to use the framework, feel, felt, found. I might say something like, I understand how you feel. I felt the same way, and this is what I found. Then I make a few stories introducing a special offer I created that will solve the problems people said yes to in the first three stories. Over the next five to 20 stories, I'll show the proof. I'll say something like, don't take my word for it. Check out what others are saying. Then I'll post as many proof images, slides, and videos that I have related to the offer. After all my proof, I'll make a few stories recapping the offer they're getting that day. Finally, I ended with a few stories talking about any urgency and scarcity that I have related to this offer. This is one of my favorite ways to get consistent sales from Instagram. As people land on your profile and start following you, one of the first things they look for are your highlights. So having a few in there that push your front end funnels is a powerful way to make the conversion into traffic that you own. Instagram Live Strategy 
This last way to publish on Instagram is Instagram Live. Because Instagram Live and Facebook Live are so similar in their functionality and use, I won't be spending much time on Instagram Live. In fact, I purchased a second phone with the sole purpose of being able to go live on Instagram at the same time I went live on Facebook. That way, I can stream the same message at the exact same time to both platforms. One difference between Facebook Live and Instagram Live is that all lives on Instagram are stored on the platform for only 24 hours and then they're gone. On Facebook, however, your lives are stored on the platform forever, so you can continue to boost and promote your lives. I'm eagerly waiting for the day that Facebook and Instagram will just let you stream one message to both platforms at the same time. Until then, if you don't have a second phone, you may just want to borrow a friend's phone anytime you go live to get the extra eyeballs to your message on Instagram. Or you can also do your Facebook Live from your laptop and then Instagram Live from your phone. If you're not able to live stream on both platforms, I suggest you focus all your live efforts on Facebook as your message can get more views over the long run. We'll talk more about the strategy of lives in the next chapter with Facebook, but just know that this is the other area of the app that I treat like my home. In other words, I use this feature to sell things to my existing followers. Your publishing plan. Each section inside of Instagram has different strategies on how you should be publishing. It's a lot. I know. I get it. When I first started looking at this platform, I thought that publishing on it would be another part-time job. So for me to get this to work, I had to build out a publishing plan that I could do in less than an hour each day that was simple and effective enough for me to stick to it. Using this publishing plan will help to make sure that you're using every second on Instagram to its fullest. You can follow my publishing plan to a T or you can tweak it to fit your own process. To see my Instagram publishing plan, make sure to look at the supplemental PDF where you can print it out and keep it by your computer. Number four, work your way in. As you're following your publishing plan and posting your content hooks using the right hashtags, you're going to start showing up in the feeds of your dream customers. Having great content for a consistent period of time is the baseline strategy for growth. The next level of growth starts when you tap into your dream 100 and they're following using the power of Instagram TV. I told you earlier that we use IGTV to publish produced videos answering questions that our audience has been asking us. The only problem is that the only people who see these videos are the ones who follow us or those who happen to see our hooks in their feed. As we thought about this problem, we wanted a way to stimulate growth in our channel a lot faster, and that's when it hit us. We could do a question and answer collaboration or collabs with our Dream 100. Let me explain how it works. A while ago, I got a question from one of my followers who was trying to figure out why they were struggling with growing their company. I could have easily made a video response and posted it, but then I had an idea. There are other people who are actually more qualified than me to respond to parts of this question. So I messaged Steve J. Larson and told him that someone had asked me a really good question and that I was going to answer it on video, but I'd love if he'd answer it too. He agreed, made the video response, and sent it to me. I also made a video response. Then I took our two responses and I created an Instagram TV video and I posted it on my profile and tagged Steve in the video. A huge number of my followers watched the video, heard Steve's response, and went and followed him. I then gave him the same video and asked him to post it to his IGTV. He posted it, tagged me, and I got a huge stream of new followers from his account as well. This collab added thousands of new followers to my account almost overnight. We now try to do these collabs with my Dream 100 as often as possible. Often we'll do question swapping, where I ask them a question and then they'll ask me a question back. We post it on our feeds and both channels grow. You can do similar things when you meet your Dream 100 in real life, at conferences and events. Take a picture with them, post it to your profile tagging them, and have them post it to their profile and tag you. The possibilities are endless. Creative ideas like this are the key to working your way into the following of your Dream 100. Step number five, buy your way in. To quickly grow your Instagram following, you need to show up on your Dream 100's channel. Our favorite way to buy our way in is by getting a shout out. A shout out is exactly what it sounds like. Basically, one of your Dream 100 posts on their profile or in their stories about you. In their shout out, they'll usually mention you by name, tell people to follow you, and they'll tag you. 
The tag makes a clickable link on Instagram where people can click on your tag and be taken immediately to your profile page, which is why it's so important to optimize your profile page. For example, we found someone on our Dream 100 list at PR Boss Babe, sent her a copy of my 30 Days book when it first came out, and paid her to do a shout out. She posted a picture of herself with the book, told the story of the book, and then shouted me out by tagging me. This tag directed people back to my profile to find out more. She made the post on her profile, and she also published a few stories with swipe ups that took people directly to the book funnel. This post was shown to her over 82,000 followers and received 4,978 likes and drove hundreds of people to start following me. You can approach people in your Dream 100 to do paid shoutouts, but there's also a lot of agencies that specialize in getting shoutouts for you. You can hire them and they'll do all the work to find the right people, get you the shoutout, and get people on your profile page. Step number six, fill your funnel. The last step in this framework is to use all of this exposure and engagement to convert all this traffic into traffic that you own. The first phase is creating your publishing plan and putting out your content hooks to start growing your following and build a relationship with them. We use your Instagram profile and TV to find people and turn them into subscribers. We can work our way in with collabs and buy shoutouts to speed up the growth. As your following is growing, you can then start using your Instagram stories and get people to swipe up and push your followers into your funnels. You can also use our highlights mini webinar hack to create mini webinars on your highlights that will pre-sell your people on the products or the services that you are selling in your funnels. The last step is to start running prospecting ads as shown in secret number nine to find more of your dream customers and move them to your retargeting bucket so that you can get them into your funnels. Everything you are doing now is all for the purpose of moving these people into your value ladder and ascending them up so that you can serve them at a much higher level.